Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the NFL coverage. Today's podcast is brought to you by Final Form Supplements. Here I have hair, skin, and nail essentials. I've been taking this, keep the hair thick and healthy, keep the skin nice and healthy and clear to also keep the nails nice and healthy. Again, Final Form Supplements, supplement brand company for people that are the average everyday people just trying to help with general health, whether it be hair, whether it be skin, whether it be um, joints and sleep, or for your hardcore gym rats, we got creatine, protein powder, BCAAs, all that good stuff. Go to finalformsubs.com, S-U-P-P-S, finalformsubs.com. Use promo code CODESTRIP, all caps, no space. Get 10% off your order. All right, now let's get into it because I have some exciting games I do want to talk about this week that just happened uh, for the NFL coverage. But we'll just go ahead and go down the list. So... Thursday night, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills get the dub. They move to five and three. Buccaneers uh, move to, to, to three and five, three and four. I think Buccaneers are still in that position where they can they can uh, make moves here uh, in the later, or I, I guess we're, we're approaching the midway point for the season. But I think they can still make some moves and maybe go on a little run to, to shake things up in the NFC, uh, at least in the South for sure. But the Buffalo Bills played well. I mean, Josh Allen, this is like your, this is a typical Josh Allen game. 324 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. And uh, Diggs, Stephon Diggs had 70 yards for, 70 yards on nine catches. Davis had nine catches on 87. And Shakir had six catches on 92 with Davis with the touchdown there. And then uh, Allen had a rushing touchdown. So the Buffalo Bills look good. They get that dub. Jacksonville-Pittsburgh. This is a pretty good game. Jacksonville takes the dub, though, 20-10. to 10. Um, Pittsburgh, they seem, they couldn't really get their... It doesn't seem they could really get their run game going. Um, Najee Harris only had 13 rushing yards. Um, so they, they pretty much took to the air. Uh, Johnson looked really good. Uh, receiver number 18 for the... Pittsburgh, he looked really good. He was making some big plays here and there, but they just couldn't get it done. Oh, uh, they just couldn't get, couldn't get it done as a team. Their defense, I mean, held them to held the Jacksonville to twenty points, but at the end of the day, the the Steelers' offense seemed to struggle to get the run game going and struggled. There were there were spurts in the game where their pass game was on fire and they looked good. Johnson was getting catches. But as a whole, they couldn't have, they couldn't get anything solid rolling on offense consistently. They get like a flow and then get, they would stumble and struggle. Then they get a flow, stumble, struggle. So Pittsburgh, if, I think if they can find a way to get their offense to be clicking on all bases, then with their defense, I think they can, uh, can, can do some damage. Jets, Giants. OT win, Jets get the dub. And here's one thing I do want to pause and talk about for just a second. Because the Jets now move to four and three. Like I've been saying, Jets are in a, they're positioning themselves to, to to like win games without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' recovery has been crazy fast, and they're talking about having Aaron Rodgers um, later in the season. 
towards the end of the season, potentially playoffs. So now in my head, I'm thinking beforehand, you know, Aaron Rodgers, why would you come back? Why would you do that? Why would you pressure yourself? Why would you pressure yourself to recover, you know, that fast so you can just wait till next year? Now I kind of see it. If the Jets play their cards right, they keep this up, they can put themselves in positions to make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers, rest them, get them back, for the playoffs, and they can go on a playoff run because everybody and their mama had the Jets as a Super Bowl contender, contending team with Aaron Rodgers there. They're literally a quarterback away. Their run game has been keeping them in, been keeping them on. They've been doing just enough in the past to get wins, and their defense is solid. Again, they only give up ten points to the Jets, um, even though the, the ten points to the Giants. Even though the Giants' offense is you know not too much to brag about, but still. They're all, all of their games are low scoring games. So you get Aaron Rodgers back in there, even if you got a, a 80% Aaron Rodgers, that's enough in terms of talent and playmaking ability and just throwing ability to, to go on a deep playoff run. So I can kind of see the vision if I'm the Jets on them doing something like that. Now, they're four and three. Like they're, they started this season like terrible. Now they're four and three. So, and Houston Panthers. The Carolina Panthers finally get their first dub they, uh, over Texas. So they're uh, one and six. Texas three or four. Uh, CJ Stroud, 235 yards, one touch, one pass touchdown. He also had uh, just 11 carries. And his passing touchdown was to Trimble for like a little four yard or like a two yard pass touchdown there in the red zone. Um, but yeah, Houston, Houston, uh, CJ Stroud. He didn't really struggle, but he only had 140 uh, yard uh, passing yards, and their run game was was just not there. They couldn't get anything rolling for real. So Panthers get their first dub, 15-13. Miami Patriots, Miami, pretty solid win, 31 to 17 for Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua had 324 uh, passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Mostert only had 46 rushing yards, but he did have a TD. Um, and then Waddle had 121 yards with a tutty. Hill had 112 with a tutty. So, I mean, Hill and Waddle are just, just out there doing the thing, man. So, Miami gets that dub. They move to 6-2. and two. Titans-Falcons, I got to talk about this game because Brian Tannehill is out with injury. So, um, I talked about last week where Will Levis is going to be the, the guy. We're going to see how he plays. And Will Levis had a game. The Titans win 28 to 23, moved to three and four. And Will Levis at 238 yards, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. That, that boy D Hop had him a game. This looked like prime Houston Texan D Hop. Four catches. That's it. Four catches. He only four catches. He only got he had four catches, 128 yards, three touchdowns. So he almost averaged a catch per touchdown. When he caught the ball, he was scoring. So uh, four catches, three touchdowns, 120 yards. Not even that, but Westbrook had a, a tutty as well. One catch for 33. Derrick Henry had over 101 rushing yards on 22 carries. So Derrick Henry is in full fast. So um, moving forward, it's going to be interesting because uh, the same situation with Chicago Bears we might be seeing here with the Tennessee Titans. If you're the Titans, and let's say 
again, this is one game, so I'm not going to overreact and act like, like Will Levis is the guy now. That's one game. You didn't have any film on him. Now, once you get film on quarterbacks and they and defense start to figure you out, they can game plan. How is Will Levis going to react? Now, I did, I do on Guardians of the 615, I did talk about how I think Will Levis has potential. And instead of writing him off as, as, you know, not it, let's see how he develops. Because I do believe if you got talent, if you have talent, just if you're just if you're talented and you work hard and you're coachable in the NFL, I think people can develop into these next level players. Like there are plenty of people that come into the NFL low ranked or not. Not that Will Levis was low ranked. I believe he was Titans. Their Titans first pick was Will Levis. But I'm just saying in general. If you're somebody that's either undrafted or low drafted or you're drafted and there's all these 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 problems that, you know, these analysts will, will say that you have. If you're coachable, you can fix those things and become better and you can develop in the NFL. A lot of people forget the fact that just because, yeah, a lot of development happens in college, but you also develop in, in the NFL. And a lot of people forget that. Look at a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. And I actually remember having a conversation with one of my friends because uh, his first season with the Eagles, he did statistically, he did not have a very good season, but I was, but if you watch the game, you could see, if you watch the game, you literally could see like the potential. It wasn't all clicking there. It's just his first season as a starter. So it wasn't all clicking just yet, but I saw the potential in it. And I literally said that year that Jalen Hurts is a, will be a quarterback that will play in the Super Bowl. He would be a Super Bowl I didn't say a Super Bowl champion, but I did say he's going to be a quarterback to take his team to the Super Bowl. I said this his first year when they weren't good at all. And literally that next year they were in the Super Bowl because I saw the talent and I've seen how he worked from. For me, it was because you saw how talented he was at Bama. Things that he hit some adversity to uh, started and then he stayed with the team and then he came in for two. So you saw him handle that adversity. You saw him go to Oklahoma and he had phenomenal success in Oklahoma. So to me, it's okay. He can, he's not just a system quarterback. System quarterback is a quarterback that only fits one kind of system. He went from one system to a completely different system and he was still able to have success. So he's not just a system quarterback and he's coachable. And so when I see that and you take a guy with that level of talent, that level of athleticism, that level of determination, and he's coachable, those are the people that are super hard to stop. They're super hard to stop. So, you know, all that being said, uh, Will Levis, I believe he has the, he has potential to develop into a really good quarterback, and it's going to be interesting to see this next game how that play uh, plays out because I believe Tannehill is not uh, playing this game either, so he might have a couple more weeks uh, of being the quarterback, and we'll see because now times have a decision. Let's say Will Levis continues this not this particular level of play. I'm not talking about four touchdowns a game. I'm just saying continues high-level play at the quarterback position for the Titans. The Titans start winning games. Let's say the Titans win the next two or three games because Will Levis is playing good football. When Tannehill is healthy, what do you do? Because you're paying Tannehill $27 million this year. So it doesn't make sense to sit an asset on the bench for 27 mil. But at the end of the but also you're winning football with Will Levis. Not only that, but Tannehill, this is his last year. It's his contract year, and they didn't extend him. So now it's like, there's a lot of things that's going to be going on in the quarterback position. And then you still have uh, Malik Willis um, in the in the, in the the equation, you know, kind of behind the scenes. But I'm going to be interested in this next game to see what Will Levis does. All righty. Packers, Vikings. Vikings take the dub 
nothing surprising there. Uh, uh, where is it at? Where's my notes? Where are my notes? Where's he at? Where's he at? Um, yeah, uh, Osborne with 99 yards, uh, Hawkerson, their tight end, 88 with a tutty, Addison, 82 with a tutty. So they're playing well with their best player, Justin Jefferson, being out. Um, they get the dub there over Jordan Love and the Packers. Rams, Cowboys, again, Cowboys are, they, 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 they get, a, Cowboys, this might be the, one of the most complete games the Cowboys have had offensively and defensively. Um, Dak Prescott, he had 304 uh, passing yards, four passing touchdowns. He had an interception in there, but he had four touchdowns on 304 yards. Pollard had 50, 53. Dak had 19. CeeDee Lamb, 12 catches, 158 yards, two tutties. Cooks, three catches, 49 yards, and a tutty. Ferguson, four catches, 47 yards, and a tutty. So, I mean, this, like I said, this is probably the most complete football game Dallas has played. I think if Dallas can find a way to continue to play like this on offense with the defense that they had, then the defense that they've been playing with, I think they could be a problem when it comes to uh, the playoffs. Philly, Commanders, started off a little rough for the Philadelphia Eagles. It look, was looking like they might get to take another L against a subpar team, but they got it done there at the end because that boy AJ Downtown Brown is a monster, as well as Jalen Hurts getting the ball to him. Eagles win 38-31. AJ Brown sets the record in his sixth straight game with 125 plus receiving yards. Broke the record that was previously held by Calvin Johnson, aka Megatron. Eagles moved to seven and one, officially the best record in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, 319 passing yards. Four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. DeAndre Swift, 16 carries for 57 yards and a tutty. Uh, A.J. Brown, eight catches, 130 yards, two tutties. Devontae Smith, seven catches, 99 yards and a tutty. So, I mean, the Eagles are just firing on all cylinders. Um, I think they'll keep up that play moving forward. Saints, Colts. Saints get the dub over the Colts, 38-17. to 17. So, the Saints are now um, officially... Saints, I believe, are 4-4. Four four. Colts are 3-5. Derek Carr had 310, two passing touchdowns, no, no uh, interceptions. And uh, Taysom Hill had nine rushes for 67 yards um, and a two tutties. Alvin Kamara had 17 catches for 59 yards and, uh, and a tutty. Michael Thomas with four catches, 68 yards. That boy, uh, Shahed, Shahid, three catches, 153 yards. And one tutty, Alvin Kamara, four catches, 51 yards, and a tutty. So Alvin Kamara with over 100 total yards, 59 for rushing, 51 for receiving, uh, and a touchdown, one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. This is the Alvin Kamara that the Saints need. The Alvin Kamara the Saints need is the do-it-all Swiss Army knife Alvin Kamara. The way that the 49ers use uh, Debo is kind of how, you know, Alvin Kamara has been used by the Saints. Obviously, the Saints have been doing it first before that because – Alvin Kamara's been elite longer than Debo, but that's the Kamara. If, if the Saints can go back to their textbook Saints play in terms of put Alvin Kamara on the slot, you can put Alvin Kamara in the backfield, you can put him uh, just about anywhere offensively, and you get him the ball in any possible uh, mis mismatches you can get. That's the Saints. That's the Saints offense that's going to get them the best chance to win, and they're getting back to that because they were struggling with that early on. But now they're getting back to that, getting Alvin Kamara the, the, the ball, as well as moving Taysom Hill around. You put him at tight end, you put him at running back, you put him at quarterback, Wildcat. 
You can put him out a receiver. Taysom Hill is just an overall um, athlete. And I like to see the, both of those guys get used in all facets, the best possible matchup for them to get the wins. Seahawks beat the Browns 24 to 20. Seahawks are 5-2, and two, and Seahawks are slowly but surely sneaking in there in terms of teams to look out for. I think Seahawks are going to be a dark horse team this year. They're 5-2, and two, but it's quiet. Nobody's really talking about the Seahawks. Uh, but that boy, uh, Geno Smith, 254 yards. Now, he did throw two interceptions with two touchdowns, but he got the win. And they're doing it without Nick Chubb. Or Nick Chubb, sorry. I'm thinking about the other team. But uh, Geno Smith is getting it done. Lock it. Eight catches, 81 yards, and a tutty. Madcap, five yards, five catches, 67 yards. Uh, Smith, Smith, Nishabar. Uh, had a tutty with 36 yards. Now, here's what I will say about the Seahawks, what they, need to figure, what they need to do. The way that the Eagles utilize A.J. Brown, the Seahawks need to find a way to do that for D.K. D.K. is your explosive down-the-field receiver. They got to find a way to get the ball in D.K.'s hands. He should be getting targeted majority of the time. Now, obviously, there's contact with, team, with team, teams double-teaming guys and this and that and the other. But you got to find a way. Even if you got to move him in motion, motion him down to the slide, get some crossings. Not every play has to be downfield with DK, but get him on a slant. Get him on a little whip route at the slide if, if, or get out of a bunch set. Get some crossings. Get a smash route with a smash corner route. I just feel like they need to do more to get him the ball in his hands, even if it's short to intermediate uh, routes. It doesn't have to always be where you only throw to him when you when he's going deep downfield past 20 yards. But um, I think if they can do that, it's just going to secure their ability to win more games as long as DK Metcalf is involved with that offense. And it just takes more pressure off of Geno Smith. All right. Chiefs Broncos. We talked about this last week on the pod. If you guys go back to the previous episode, I said when I looked at this game that I wanted to say the Broncos were going to beat the Chiefs because I saw the upset brewing. And guess what? It happened. Not only did the upset happen, Donco, Broncos dominated the Chiefs. The Chiefs scored nine points. Broncos scored 24. Broncos went 24 to nine. I called this. Y'all can go check the film, the previous episode. But Broncos beat the Chiefs. And like I've been saying, Russell Wilson is not the problem with the Broncos. Now they're starting to figure out because Broncos are three and five. They're slowly creeping back up there. If they get a couple more wins, then, you know, they might be sitting pretty in terms of, uh, of, of trying to slide into the playoffs. But um, Russell Wilson's not the problem with the Broncos. Russell Wilson, now, he only had 114 passing yards, but he had three touchdowns. Um, and they, they got it done. Williams had 27 carries for 85 yards. And their defense really showed up. It is really the defense that that, that put, the, um, put the Broncos' offensive positions to win. So Broncos get the dub. Over Kansas City Chiefs. Bengals beat the 49ers 31-17. We talked about this last week. San Francisco's starting to slide to that slippery slope of losing now. Bengals, they're 4-3. and three. They're starting to look good. So for San Francisco, this is going to be three straight losses in a row. Now it's you should start, you know, raising antennas. Bunny ears should be straight up and to, and to figure out, yo, what's going on? We got to figure this out because they were... One of those teams that were just top tier, clear cut, better than the rest. Now they're looking like they could, they're going to end up being middle of the pack if they don't figure it out. Um, I do think they will figure it out. I think they're going, just going through some adversity, but I think they will figure it out. But 
they got to figure it out soon. Um, they got to figure it out soon because they got dominated 31 to 17 from the Bengals. And then if I, if I, let me see. Uh, yeah, Brock Purdy, he had 365 yards. He had one touchdown to two interceptions is the problem. He also had 57 rushing yards. Um, but Kittle had nine catches for 149 yards. Ayuk had five catches for 109. McCaffrey had six uh, rushes, six six rushes for 64 yards and a tutty. So they just got to score. They're getting all these explosive plays, but they got to score in the red zone is the problem. They got to score in the red zone. Ravens, Cardinals. Ravens win 31-24. Cardinals still not playing with Kyler Murray. He's been out. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 157 with a with a tutty. And then he also had 17 rushing yards. Edwards had 19 carries for 80 yards, three rushing touchdowns right there. Chicago Bears, Chargers. Chargers take the dub 30-13. to 13. Uh, Chicago Bears, uh, uh, Bagant. Um, he played... He first game was was good. Second game, teams are starting to figure it out. But he is going to be starting next game, so I'm I'm, I'm just interested to see how he reacts to this adversity where he starts off really really good. Second game seemed like the teams figured him out. And he couldn't get much going. Now, what adjustments do they make? This is the game that's gonna pretty much not not determine who he is, but this game I believe will 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 be a big indicator on what's to come for the rest of the season in terms of his individual play. If he's going to let this adversity get in his head and it carries on, or if he's going to make adjustments and come out and play better um, this next game. So we will see with that. And Las Vegas Raiders, Lions, they win 26-14 Monday night. Lions 6-2. Again, they're looking like a really good team. And that was week Eight. So looking forward to week nine. We got the Tennessee Titans in Pittsburgh. I'm excited for that. I just want to see how Will Levis does. And it's going to be interesting because the Pittsburgh um, Pittsburgh has just been a, one of those sneaky, quiet, good teams this year. So, And I also want to see if the Titans can get this dub. They'll move to four and four. Uh, but Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh, Miami Dolphins, and Chiefs. This is going to be in Frankfurt. Uh, this is probably, I think... I don't think this game's going to be as close as people think. It's a two-point. Chiefs are actually a two-point favorite. I actually might take the Dolphins. Uh, the under Dolphins is an underdog on that one because I don't think Kansas City Chiefs defense is good enough to uh, to slow down that explosive that explosive offense from the, the, the Miami Dolphins. So I would actually take Miami underdog on that one. Rams, Packers, Packers three-point favorite. Commanders, Patriots, Patriots are three-and-a-half-point favorite over Packers. I kind of want to see the Patriots uh, to win the game there. Uh, Buccaneers, Texans are a three-point favorite over the Buccaneers. I might take the underdog on that one, too. I think Buccaneers are, are – I think Texans have a better quarterback, or Texas quarterback has been playing better. Let me say that statistically. But I think Buccaneers are a better overall complete team. I'm going to go Buccaneers with that one. Browns, Cardinals, Browns are seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That, that, that game's going to be whatever. Saints, Bears, Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Seahawks, Ravens, that's a game I want to see because Seahawks have been quite good this year. And uh, Ravens are also really good this year, 6-2. So that's a game I'm going to have on my radar. Vikings, Falcons, Falcons are a five-point favorite. That's another game I'm going to have on my radar because I wanted to see. They're both 4-4. Four four, so this win gets – whoever wins this game gets over 500. And I'm interested to see how the Falcons fare against the 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 – the Vikings fair against the Falcons, especially the Vikings not having Justin Jefferson. So 
It's good. That will be on my radar. Colts, Packers. Colts are a two and a half point favorite. Giants, Raiders. Raiders are one and a half point favorite. This one's going to be a tough game in terms of, I think it might be sloppy, but I think Raiders should actually get that dub just because I think they're going to find a way to get Devontae Smith the ball because Devontae Smith, he didn't have a meltdown, but you could see his frustration um, in him uh, after the, the loss uh, Monday night. So I think that the Raiders are going to, you know, that they're going to step up and be like, yo, we got to get our best guy the ball because that's how you win football games. You give your, you get, you find a way to get your best guy, the best possible matchup. You get him the ball and you score points. I think that's what they're going to go for. Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. Eagles are three point favorite. This is going to be my game of the week. Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, my game of the week. I'm honestly not even sure. I'm going to lean towards the Eagles. I'm going to lean towards Eagles because the Eagles have been, they've been, even the close games they've had, they find a way to win. And the way they dominated the Miami Dolphins, I think, and the way they dominated the Miami Dolphins, I think, you know, is offensive, the Miami Dolphins offense, the way they dominate that. I don't think Dallas' offense is, is as talented. So I don't think, so I think the Eagles defense, you know, in terms of this season, they, to them, is like, we they've seen it all this year at this point. So um, I'm going to lean towards the Eagles now. Buffalo Bills, Bengals. Bengals are actually a two-and-a-half point favorite over for the Bills. I might take the underdog with the Bills in that one, uh, but that would be an interesting game. And Jets, Chargers. This game, this is Monday night. This game I'll have on my radar simply because if the Jets win this game, they will move to 5-3, and three, and their whole plan of getting Rodgers back for, at the end of the season is slowly starting to pan out in their favor. It's still early. There's still a lot of football to be played. But if they can start getting these wins here rolling, and even, you know, win two, lose one, win two, win three, lose one, if they go on these, like, small spurts of win streaks, the Jets might be setting themselves up to be, uh, to, to set themselves up for a playoff run if they get Aaron Rodgers back, depending on how well Aaron Rodgers plays when he gets back. But that's going to be on my radar. The Jets might be on my radar the rest of the season simply because this team started off, they looked bad at the beginning of the season without Aaron Rodgers. They looked very bad. Everybody was just dragging the Jets to the ground. Now that they're sitting 4-3, which who would have thought at this point, it seems like they're really riding their own destiny here. So... You know, Jets have the 11th defense, 27th offense. So we'll see how that fares against the Chargers with the number seven defense. And then Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and San Francisco all have buys. And that's what we're looking for for week nine. Again, this has been another episode of The NFL Coverage. We'll catch you guys next week. I'm destiny. I'm going to chase my dreams. My life has meaning on my faith.